This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's the Steelers Blitz on a Thursday. That means it's time to go to the phone lines. Our buddy Brian Backo, our good friend of the show, Brian Backo, on the phone lines, down on the south side, getting ready for Steelers practice. What's up, Brian? How we doing? Well, I'm doing great. I was just talking with Mr. Uh, James Wexel. So ah, hanging hey. out down here, getting ready to head over to practice. Ah, old Jimmy Wexel. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a good lad, just like our buddy Brian Backo. Mr. Backo, the Raiders on the docket this Sunday. But first, uh, a quick look back at what we saw last week against the Bills. Um, maybe just a, a bigger picture question, but did last week's performance – encourage you for the Steelers outlook for the season did you did you walk away and think you know maybe hey this team could be a little bit better than I thought or did you look at it and eh, you know it's 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 one game it was a nice win but they got to continue to get much better yeah I, I come away from it being more encouraged than unmoved put it that way I mean I you know acknowledge that it's a small sample size it's it's one game and as I wrote in my mailbag on the Post-Gazette website this morning. You know, a lot of the same questions that we had coming into the season still remain, especially about the offense, which didn't exactly set the world on fire uh, in Buffalo. Yes, they, you know, the Steelers scored 23 points, but the offense did not. So, uh, but that being said, fellas, the the defense was just so impressive that it showed to me uh, a formula that can work for a lot of this season. Uh, And if the other side of the ball ever does come around and and allows you to play uh, a little bit more complimentary football the way they did in the fourth quarter there, then maybe you, you really have something on your hands. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it, uh, with, again, the, the never-changing caveat that it is just one week. <laughs> Isn't that always the truth, or at least that's what they tell us. <laughs> but what I wanted to know, Mr. Batco, your thoughts on Najee Harris's usage, 100% of the snaps, does that concern you? Is that something that you think that the Steelers can sustain going forward? No, I don't think that's really sustainable. Um, you know, we just heard from from the Ravens coaches down in, in Baltimore, saw on Twitter that you know it's it's really not a league anymore where you can still have one bell cow running back, if you will. I mean, clearly the Steelers don't subscribe to that. That's that's kind of been Mike Tomlin's mo uh, going back to the the last several backs that they've had, be it James Conner or Le'Veon Bell. So uh, it is interesting to me that, you know, they, they go out their very first game is his first chance, you know, his first shot at this as a rookie in the regular season. And, you know, he's out there every single snap. Uh, I thought you might see Kalen Bellage or Benny Snell to, to spell him here and there, but uh, maybe that was game plan related. They thought they could get something going through the air against the Bills defense. And clearly he is the Steelers best pass catching back, but, uh, no, I, I don't think that's that's going to be the case week in and, and week out. I mean, even, geez, you know, 90 to 95% of the snaps every week would be a pretty heavy workload and one that's it's not really typical of the NFL anymore. So uh, as far as why it worked out that way this week, you know, maybe that's just kind of, uh, you know, the, the flow of the game. They didn't play that many snaps, as Matt Canada pointed out this mm-hmm. morning, because they weren't as effective or as efficient as they wanted to be especially in the first half but it does lead to this very interesting stat with Najee Harris and one that everybody will be 
watching with bated breath the rest of the season, especially the fantasy owners. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what happens when you get running backs in the first round, man. We, we got to start asking questions about usage. We never asked about James Conner and company's usage a nope. year ago, but they weren't drafted in the first round, so here we are. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It is funny. One game in, oh, man, can he sustain this the whole way? Uh, Brian, let me ask you, how much How much do you think that we, – we know that the run game had its struggles on Sunday up in Buffalo, and I think that was to be expected to an extent. Najee made some nice plays. He he stretched some what would have been, you know, one-yard runs into four- or five-yard runs a couple times. But I think we all knew that this was going to be a work in progress, that the offense certainly – wasn't going to be a Mona Lisa, and maybe not even by the end of the season, but definitely not by week one. But do you feel like they they have to take a step forward this week? When you look at that Raiders defense, it feels like they're – we know they're not great at stopping the run. We know they're not great in the secondary. Yes, they can get after the pass uh, – after the quarterback. They have the ability to pass rush. But does this feel like the week where, okay, uh, again, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to wow you on the stat sheet. But the, the run game, the offensive line, the offense in general has to has to take a step forward against a defense like this. Yeah, I think so, because then you, you almost get into a situation, you know, like last season where, you know, yeah, this team was eleven and zero and, and they started they were the last unbeaten team in the league, but if you're really paying close attention, uh, and and not just, you know, sitting here every Monday and saying, Well, they won, so it's a job well done. Uh, you knew that, that things were about to go poorly or, or that they could go sideways any week now, and, and that's exactly how the 2020 season finished up. So you basically, you know, what I'm saying is you can't continue, you know, building things around smoke and mirrors. You need this <laughs> offense to take a step forward, and, and that's why so much of the resources this offseason was invested into that. Uh, it did not pay dividends just yet in week one. It, it did in the sense that, you know, you were able to get enough done there and at the end of the game to, to salt it away and, and hold off the bills. But uh, you, you'd like to see a little bit more explosion. You, you'd like to see them be a little bit more dynamic. They, they have the pieces to do it as long as, one, the offensive line can hold up, which, you know, it was shaky early on, as predicted by Ben Roethlisberger. But uh, number two is can Ben uh, continue to be consistent every week at to me, guys, what I always tell people when they ask me how he's looking or how I think he'll do this year, I think it just always comes down to consistency at this point because even last year when they were struggling, you had that Colts game where he looked like the Ben of old. So he still can do it. He still has the arm and he has the zip on that ball. But it's just a matter of doing it consistently, accurately, uh, and getting it to the, to the weapons that we all know he has. And that'll be the biggest challenge for him in year 18. Now, continuing. That's what separates the good from the great quarterbacks anyway, right? Regardless yeah. of age. No, very true. Very true. But um, sticking with the offensive line, how confident are you that they can continue to play like how they were in the second half versus the first half of that Bills matchup? See, this is where I get into, you know, it's a small sample size of, of week one, and there's such a long way to go. And, and we had a, an entire offseason in, in which – you know, the, the way this roster was built, we had opinions on, and we were analyzing that. I, I'm not all that confident because I, I still think that the same questions that you had coming into this are, are still there. I mean, yeah, Dan Moore, course corrected. You know, take your hat off to him for, for not allowing you know, more strip sacks by Mario Addison or anybody else coming at him. After that play, I was sitting there like, boy, this is going to be a long game for the fellas because uh, it's only, you know, you don't see too often a player get beat 
it, it, it was it was all on him. I mean, the guy just went <laughs> right around him, and it was it was good night, Ben. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he got better from there. Kendrick Green, uh, you know, held up pretty well. All the you know the fancy O line metrics are are speaking highly of him too. So it wasn't just the eye test, but uh, these guys are going to get tested uh, game in and, and game out. This isn't you know playing at Texas A and M where you're you're going to you're going to get the face. Uh, you know, Mercer one week, and that's just not the case. You know, you, you go right from Jerry Hughes and, and Ed Oliver to Max Crosby and Yannick and Gokwe now. So uh, it doesn't get easier. Uh, teams are going to watch the film and uh, and find where the, the Steelers O-line is vulnerable. So uh, it's a good start, but no, I'm, I'm not sitting here on Thursday of week two saying we, we don't have to worry about this O-line anymore. Brian, uh, it is Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette with us here on the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Uh, you mentioned Max Crosby there. I think everyone in Pittsburgh was watching Sunday or Monday night, pardon me. Obviously, we're interested in the Ravens division rival, and they're playing the team that the Steelers had coming to town the next week. You can do a little advanced scouting. You give more credit to Max Crosby, or was it just because maybe there was a first-time right tackle there uh, for the Ravens who was struggling? How do you come down? Like, is, Do you worry about that matchup for Chooks? Like, is Crosby, do you think, have that type of ability to continue to do that, or was it maybe just week one, guy in a new position, um, and, and, and Crosby was kind of able to, to feast on uh, formerly of this parish, Mr. Alejandro Villanueva? No, that's a fair point. I mean, it's it's both, obviously, right? But I do. I think I lean more toward Big Al wasn't very good more than I lean toward Max Crosby as the next Bruce Smith. Um, <laughs> sure, here's the thing, me. though. Here's the thing, though. I mean, did Chooks has has Chooks proven that he's going to be much better? That's, uh, that's I mean, the he, serious you know, question right now. Getting, he wasn't getting uh, worked over quite like that against the Bills, but. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Max Crosby is taking a step forward here in, in, in this season for himself, and uh, it's not going to be an easy assignment for for Chukso Korafor. Uh, he at least has the experience factor on his side, whereas Alvo and Aueva was, you know, learning new steps, flipping over uh, after all those years from the left to the right. Now, you know, the latest injury news out of Owings Mills, uh, he's probably going to be heading back over to the left side. So that that hmm. might be. Well, you don't want to call it a blessing in disguise because you never want to lose a player the caliber of of Ronnie Stanley, but at least it, it might help him out as he tries to find his footing with the Ravens. So, um, that, yeah, I mean, I, I acknowledge that. I, I tweeted as much that he was just noticeably bad. I, I never played O-line, um, so I try not to analyze too much uh, the, the ins and outs of what these guys are doing, but sometimes, even to us laymen, uh, you, you can tell when someone is just thinking up the joint, and, uh, and that's what he was doing, at least early on. He looks better in the running game, but, but which Ravens offensive lineman doesn't? when you factor in that scheme that they've got and all the attention that Lamar Jackson takes away from who he's handing the ball off to. Now, switching over to the defensive side of the ball, what were your thoughts on Trey Norwood's play? Pretty, I mean, pretty impressive. We, we'd be sitting here singing a different tune, I guess, if Josh Allen hits on one or two of those deep balls uh, that he just kind of airmailed a little bit. But, I mean, you're, you're going you're gonna to get beat on occasion playing defensive back in this league, whether it's corner or safety. Uh, as long as you can minimize it, especially if you're that guy uh, in the post, uh, that, then you can feel pretty good about it. So uh, I don't think he did anything to, to lose that role this week. I know Mike Tomlin said that it was you know, pretty matchup specific or game plan based, whatever phrase you want to use. But uh, that's what I anticipate seeing against the, the Raiders as well. And, and I think 
You might even see more of Norwood at deep safety and, and Minka Fitzpatrick in the slot. That's what Keith Butler talked a lot about this morning, that Minka can do uh, sort of some Troy Polamalu-like things. Now, granted, different positions, but just in terms of being able to move around, get him near the ball, make the quarterback in the offense think twice about where he is and have to hold on to the ball a little bit longer because you know the skills that guy has. Uh, I think that's a, that's a club that they're going to get out of their bag more often than not here in 2021 and, and a part of that is having somebody else that allows you to do that and right now so far it's Trey Norwood. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette with us here on Steelers Nation Radio. Buddy, I know you've got to get to Steelers practice in about two minutes so before we let you go you know yep. what we needs to know. Uh-oh. Uh, all three of us took the L last week alright so we're all wearing that one in the shape of an L on our foreheads. Scarlet letter. Mr. Backo, Sunday, 1 o'clock, home opener, Raiders at Steelers. What's the prediction? Well, so far, the Steelers are 1-0 and when I bump into one Arthur Motes in the uh, pregame tailgate. This is true. Uh, so this is so true. I'm going to have hey. to find him, I guess, uh, somewhere at Heinz Field. Red lot Sunday 5A. Morning. You, you <laughs> might even see a yeah. good-haired colleague there this Sunday, Mr. Backo. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I might have to <laughs> run into you guys to keep that mojo going. But uh, I'm going Steelers win here. And uh, I think it's going to be a little bit low scoring based on all the stuff we, we talked about. You know, still concerned about the Steelers' offensive line, um, but, but still really in on what they're able to do defensively. So I'm going to go 22-16, uh, the home team. 22-16, to 16, Steelers to win and Steelers to cover. That's the most important yes, part. That is correct. Got to cover. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Make sure you're checking out all his work there, listening to him here with us every Thursday. He does not do cap. Mm-mm. Buddy, we appreciate your time as always, and hopefully we'll see you on Sunday. Always a pleasure. See you guys. There he goes. Brian Backo, kind enough to lend us some time as he's down on the south side in Mr. Rooney's backyard down there to UPMC. You know that Mr. Rooney backyard is always nice. The grass is 20, always super green. You know this dude, Brian Back, like he, can, he can never pick just a normal score. No, 22 to 17. 22 like, to 16. Like, why? What are we What, what, are we, what are we doing? What are how we, what are we? Just, ah. What are we? Come how on. are we? Wait a minute. Hit him with the... Ooh. We'll give you our predictions uh, tomorrow. No mozi tomorrow, but again, same as same as last Friday. You will, you may you may not listen to Arthur Motes, but you'll hear. You gonna hear Arthur Motes. Arthur Motes. All right, that we'll have five star Friday. We'll have the Here We Go song. We'll uh, give you our predictions then. But Brian Backo is on the board with twenty two to sixteen. All three of us taking the L last week because we all picked Buffalo to win. Let's hope that we can get back on the right track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this. Sunday, Motsi, what do you say we uh, we take a look at some of these tweets because they've been rolling again once. Man, if we're not looking at the tweets, today. what are we doing? Uh, if you want to get involved with the show, that's how you do so on the Twitter.com at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. And our buddy, me chiming in. Who? Me. Oh, hey now. On three question Thursday, he says first, can I get a what what? Can I get a what what? What what? What what? Uh, you watch you watch South Park? I'm familiar. It made me think of the. The butters. Can I get a what, 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 what? Ooh, see, I was thinking about Timmy. the, uh, what was that song? What, 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 what? I'm trying to, what, I forgot who sings this song. Can I get a what? I never knew a love like see, I always... uh, Can I get a what, what, and I get a what, what, and I get a, uh, yeah, I'm all thinking of. <laughs> For the culture. See? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking of the, uh, <laughs> 
the clean version of, of Hove. Ah, Can I get a what? what? Yeah, he said the clean version. The okay. Clean version. I you, can't repeat. You, you got to specify. Yes, can't the repeat clean, the album version here on yes. it, on air. Uh, first question from me is: Which Steeler offensive lineman has the biggest upside as it relates to this season alone? Trey Turner. Like not their future. He's saying it's just this season. Moore. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, because we're talking about just this season. So I would go Dan Moore. I might say Zach Banner too, but if we know for sure, I don't know when he's coming back. We're getting him back. Yeah, yeah, we we like to think it is week four, but Arthur Motes, you know, they also know what happens when you assume. Mm Hmm. I like that answer by you. I I I think Trey Turner though. I think he's got. I think he's got a level that he can get to. Second question from me. (laughs) Worst movie demise. (laughs) The toilet lawyer getting eaten by the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers that scene. Or Quint being eaten by Jaws. Oh, that's oh, that's tough. Definitely uh, Quint getting eaten by Jaws. Because he got I eaten mean, on his own boat. That is, that's a good point. It was his own boat. His and own he boat. was the expert. But man, to get to get gobbled up by a dinosaur while you're while you're on the John, that's rough. That's a demise right there. But he wasn't. He was, I think he was just hiding in the He toilet. was, but he was sitting on, yeah, <laughs> sitting on the ball. Which still bothers me because... You're going to tell me his shivering is enough that that T-Rex can see that. But everybody else can be standing there. The little girl next to doing all this. And, oh, that's fine. I can move enough to cover your mouth. T-Rex can't see that. My man just sitting there shivering on the toilet. He can see that. Make it make sense. It's because the T-Rex could smell the Mm, fear in him. I'm sure. (laughs) That's a good good question by me. Uh, And number three, the Big Mac. Or Whopper. I'm a Whopper guy. You are, and I'm yeah, a Big Mac I'm a guy. Whopper guy. Yeah, that's that's one of those few areas where Moats and I are on yeah. separate ends of the spectrum. I mean, I, I'll I eat, like, I'll I, eat I eat like McDonald's way more than Burger King. But you like the Whopper. But I like the Whopper. Actually, no. You know what? McDonald's is more convenient. I actually do prefer Burger King over McDonald's. I do. Ooh. It's just more convenient because McDonald's like everywhere. Because it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and it's always like really fast. And Yeah, like they're, this, the service at a McDonald's is always better than my experiences at Burger King, but I love Burger King food over McDonald's. Heck yeah. I it's 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 weird to me. Like I like McDonald's fries though. Love McDonald's fries and I I, I like I just like the McDoubles, right? Like I'm just a McDouble guy. If yeah. I want anything chicken, I'd rather go to Burger King. For a fact. Compared to McDonald's. Yes. But I if like I'm just Burger getting like King's a quick chicken sandwich over real good. The old chicken sandwich and the new chicken real sandwiches. Real good. I even over, take the, the chicken fries, that, baby. Like seriously, <laughs> give me any of that over McDonald's. <laughs> Moats and I are the only grown men in their 30s, I think, who debate fast food regularly on the show. Hey, and I love it, too. I love it, too. Love me some fast food. I had some Wendy's. I, stand I had by some it. Wendy's today and on the way in here today. I know. They're smelling super good, and I just came from breakfast. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. Annie tweets us and says, if we can get the run game going, do you see uh, like any of the other running backs getting worked into the game plan and under what circumstances? I mean, I would like to see Kalen Balaj be able to, you know, do some of this stuff. Yeah. I'd Whether like to see it's him. Short, short yardage or some of the blitz pickup stuff. I'm like, you look at some of these hits that Najee is taking. And I'm just like, man, can we, you know, minimize a couple of those by subbing just Kalen Balaj? You can definitely do that same thing right there. He, he can go in there and stand there and take that shot. Let, let him get that. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I look at it right now. I agree. Rod Dalla how, wants to know how you go about stopping – Waller. Heck, Dalla wants to know how you stop Walla. 
Mm. See what I did there? I peeped that. I peeped I, game. I have, I have a feeling, Arthur Motes, that this might be on the uh, the Five Star Friday matchups tomorrow. But why, why don't you give them a little sneak peek? Well, you, you know what they say. is certain guys you can't stop. You can only hope to contain that young man. <laughs> Darren Waller, man, he, he is an interesting person. But with guys like him, you, you take it two ways. You either go with the approach if you put a, a legit cover guy on him meaning a secondary player, right, safety, corner, something like that, or you have to go the route of disrupting him. And what do I mean by that is your outside linebackers. Even though they want to get off the ball and rush this quarterback, understand that, hey, you're not going to get to this quarterback fast and this guy's going to win in his route. So what you do is, before you do your rush, if he's in the core or near the line of scrimmage where you can get hands on him, you reroute him. You make sure you give him one, two seconds of physicality to throw the timing of it off. And then from there you get into your rush because the rest of the guys in terms of the opposite outside linebacker, the D-line and the interior portion of it will be able to create pressure also. Right, right. But that's the other approach in terms of how you would handle that. You don't want a guy like Darren to get free releases. He's too good of an athlete to free release downfield, and now you're playing athlete on athlete, him versus Joe Schobert or Devin Bush, him versus Edmonds or Minka with a free release. It's going to put those guys at a, at a disadvantage. So that's what I think of, man. You want to mix it up, get it physical, and just make him yeah. have to be great. I don't mind great players playing great, but make them have to make- play great. Don't let them do the the easy, good stuff, the, the simple stuff, and let that be the part that breaks your back. No, 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 Make no. them have to win a five-star Make, matchup. Absolutely, from start to finish. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of how I take it. I don't even want him to get anything easy to get his confidence and feel like he's rolling into it. No, right. from, the, from the beginning. We're rerouting you from the beginning. I have this guy locked on you in coverage from the beginning. We're playing two high shells, very similar to what we saw the Bill, uh, the Steelers versus the Buffalo. Zero blitzing. They ran a ton of two-man. What is two-man? Two safeties high, man-to-man coverage underneath. Yep. Why do you run that? Number one, you get the man-to-man coverage, so it forces a tight throw, but you also got safety help, over, help the top. over the top. And why don't you do that all the time? Most is what they're probably asking. You can only do it when you're great against the run. Exactly. Because your your box is thin. Especially against teams like Buffalo yes. that have three, four wide receivers out yes. there all the time. You're very thin on the interior part of your defense. But Josh Jacobs with the turf toe. And for me, I like Kenyon Drake's game, but he doesn't scare yeah, me. Not like Josh Jacobs does. So for me, you can still run this style of coverage. You can still get away with this thing. Buffalo worked because Buffalo wanted to throw the ball. You saw they got they overly enamored with it and didn't even think about running. But when they did want to run, they had success. They did. Because that is you are thin on the inside of that, of that well, When defense. you go nickel, when you go dime, all of a sudden you got five defensive backs Correct. on the field. Yeah. Yeah. You take it – You. You're taking it when you put a defensive back on. You're taking a big boy off. You're yes. taking one of the front seven off. Uh, yeah, I, that's that is something I expect to see them do more of that this week. Yeah, because the, the Raiders just aren't going to run three, four wide receiver sets Correct. all the time like Buffalo did. TC tweets us and says there used to be a Burger King McDonald's side by side up here in Mercer. The move was to get a BK double Whopper and McDonald's supersized fries. Facts. All right, can I tell you real quick about how greasy I used to get in college? Oh. Right around the corner from where I lived in Morgantown, Moats, there was a Taco Bell and an Arby's, all mm. right, right next to each other. Okay. I'd go through Taco Bell. Hey, now. I'd get, like, you know, a chicken quesadilla, like mm-hmm. a Crunchwrap Supreme, and then I'd go to Arby's and get the curly fries, oh, baby. I like that. I like that. I used to do that all the time. That was the move. That sounded like me and my wife, man. We would go on dates where we're going to start at Popeye's to get our spicy chicken. 
Then we're going to roll over to Sonic's because we like our uh, nerd slushies. And then we're going to eat it in Krispy Kreme's parking lot because we need a donuts to wash it down with. Ooh. Yes, bruh. Yes, we were on that. Yeah. Jake tweets and says, can't wait to see Big Ben play his first game with a full stadium of fans. Uh, got my tickets, and I'm ready to tailgate. See you boys on Sunday. What's up, Jake? It's going to be crazy. Pull up, baby. Uh, what Juju Ben Hayden, a for? Wants to know if the Steelers will use James Washington more this week. Also, maybe more targets for Ebron or Fryermuth. I don't think James Washington's going to get a bigger role. The I, only reason he even either. got on the field was when Deontay got hurt, and that was why he asked he had one to get traded. And the reason why he didn't get traded was because Claypool got hurt at the time. Correct. But now here we are. He's back in that exact same position, which he knew he would be in, which is the biggest reason why he said, I would like to be traded. Because he's too talented to never get on the field, bro. Like, think about that. As talented as he is. And we've seen it day-to-day in practice. And that's where he's stuck right now. So, I mean, it's one of those situations. You do. uh, uh, There's got to be frustration on his part. And obviously, I, I think it's understandable as to why because you're right i mean he is he's very talented um i'm trying to look here he played just 15 snaps on sunday against the bills 26 percent of the snaps on offense that's it just 15 snaps um it's not a ton of opportunity for the guy and i i I don't see that changing this week um i don't see that changing with the offenses currently constructed unless there's an injury, like like you said, and obviously we're we're hopeful that that's not going to happen. What about Fryermuth or Ebron? More more I targets Pat, for those I think guys Pat against start getting more opportunities against this Raiders team. Yeah, Pat start getting more opportunities. He's just because for him, he's gonna his role is going to continue to expand. The way he's blocking right now, he, we obviously know he can catch, but the blocking is what's going to continue to expand his role, and that will lead to him getting more pass opportunities. Henry here says. Um, you know, even with Le'Veon in his prime, it felt like the Steelers never really established the run by just having an onus on it, that they always had to stay balanced. The first few runs on Sunday against Buffalo were against an overpopulated box. One play had 10 defenders mm-hmm. in the box. I, that's You're absolutely right, Henry, and that is... But you know, that's, that's, a, product, the, that's a product of Buffalo not respecting Ben. Absolutely. I, Te- I, teams will play you like that when they don't think you can hurt them passing the ball downfield. You see not just 10 men, but close to the line of scrimmage, press coverage at times. I mean, even when uh, Buffalo lost it at the end, right, in terms of the Chase Claypool catch across the field, that's press man-to-man coverage on a possession down in bunch concepts. Like, you're asking yourselves to get picked off, but you run that when you don't believe they got a quarterback that can make the throws. You don't believe they have the receivers to make this a difficult coverage to run. Yeah. We saw it even in the uh, – the, the, um, Ravens and Raiders game. There's another call. You put Marlon Humphrey, you pressed him up like that, possession down, tight concept. Like, it's going to have you in a bond. But you call that when you say to yourself, man, I don't think Derek Carr could beat us. I don't think he can make that throw. Now, it worked out where you got a guy picked off, and it doesn't have to be a tough throw anymore. Right. But that's that's the mindset, and it will continue until we see more of Ben consistently making teams hurt downfield because – I mean, you, you you know the knock right now is, well, how much air yards did he have? How much air time? Yards. Right, air when yards. he was throwing the ball, well, how far was it going downfield? Where air is yards. that at? And right now, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't. But it was effective when it needed to be. But to hope that it's going to always uh, – the game is going to flow like that where, right. okay, it's only going to be at this part of the game where we need him to be good. 
it's hard to bank on that. That's that's the part with it. No, that's you're absolutely right. And we do a lot of that here in Pittsburgh, like focusing on that and how what was the average distance per pass, right, and air yards and all those things. I think though, to be fair, we're not the only NFL fan base that does that. A lot of NFL fan bases do that with their quarterbacks. Um and a lot of those numbers, those average pass yards per attempt, I think are lower than the average fan would think. But that is a different conversation for another day. We got to get to break here. Steel Nation 19 tweets us and says, the Steelers are going to make the Raiders look like Bishop Sycamore on Sunday. Mm. <laughs> We're going to take our last break of the show. We'll get to more of your tweets on the other side when we return. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, having some fun as we always do. It's the Steelers Blitz on a Thursday on SNR.